Hello, and welcome to the Unconventional Path, Entrepreneurship and Innovation Stories and Ideas. I'm Bela Musitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. Hey, Mike, today we have a great guest. Uh, his name is Rick Elmore. He's an entrepreneur, he's a sales and marketing expert, and he's a former college and professional football player. You know, he founded a company called Simply Noted, uh, where he has developed proprietary technology that puts a real pen and ink to paper to scale handwritten communications in helping businesses of all industries scale this unique marketing platform, right? So you can think about writing thank you notes and the importance of that. Uh, and he has brought that to a level where as many things these days, you can't tell the real thing from the pseudo real thing. Uh, but I think it's a great opportunity uh, and I think it could be very helpful in sort of building certain relationships with your customers and employees. So uh, I thought that was an interesting conversation we had. Yeah, I totally agree, Bela. Uh, this idea of engaging with people at a kind of fundamentally different level than we're used to with, you know, this decreasing scale. First, it was faxes and then emails and then uh, SMS and text messages. And now, like, we're just sending emojis, right? It's like, the right. uh, amount of time we spend and the messaging that we use shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. And I think that while all those are cool and I can talk to people on from my watch and all of these things, that there's something about a handwritten note. And even though this isn't actually written by hand, the intentionality is there. And I think the personal connection is there. So I think it's a really fascinating business model. Um, and I'm really interested to hear what, what Rick has to say. So what do you think? Let's get right to your interview with Rick Elmore. Sounds great, Mike. Hey, Rick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Yeah, sure. So let me ask you a question. If if you're at a social event, a, a non-work related social event, and mm -hmm. you get introduced to somebody and after the introduction, they ask you the following question. Hey, Rick, what do you do? How do you answer that question? <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm five years of doing what I'm doing and I'm still crafting the, the perfect response, but... When I tell people I use robots to send handwritten thank you notes to people, they kind of just like, what do you do? <laughs> right, That's they a glaze great question. Over. Yeah, so, you know, I've come up with a hundred different ways to explain it, but really, um, you know, I've started a company that's a relationship building business. We help of all sizes, different businesses from all over the world, integrate, automate, and, and scale, you know, sending real genuine like real genuine handwritten notes. Um, I don't know if this is going to be on video, but like real physical handwritten notes. So yeah, yeah. it's been a really cool journey to say the least. Yeah. So uh, how long ago did you start this business? Yeah. So, I mean, it depends on how far you want to go back, but um, I was in corporate medical sales and marketing for about six years. Um, I mean, I guess we can go a little bit back further back because I'm just making more sense. Um, I was a, I was an athlete growing up. I played a, I played all the sports. I mean, I just was never a guy who felt comfortable sitting down in the class for eight hours. I needed to move. I just always had like nervous energy. Like I needed to get out. And I played sports year round. Really, kind of found in love with football. Um, the physical nature of the business, you know, of the sport, really just meshed well with me. But I uh, had a really good high school career. Um, you know, I was from California, led California, <laughs> multiple sack categories back that had like 30 sacks one season, which was this in, in, insane. But then was uh, 
I recruited to college, played college football, had a really good career there as well. Went to the University of Arizona. Uh, I was a three-year starter under Mike Stoops. Um, led the Pac-10 back then in multiple stat categories. Um, and then was drafted into the NFL in 2011. Uh, got to live out my childhood dream. Um, got to uh, play in the NFL for three years, but eventually, you know, you have to hang up the shoulder pads and cleats. And I got into the corporate sales world. A lot of athletes make that transition into sales just because it's so competitive and so rewarding. Um, it's really hard to replace the whatever the excuse me, whatever the word is. I want to say the high you get from playing in front of 100,000 people and on national television, you know, doing something you love. It's really hard to do that. But, you know, being that corporate type of competitive nature kind of, I would say, you know, a, fulfills a little bit so sure but i mean i was having a lot of the same success in corporate uh, i was top one percent or either top five sales rep in the company you know when i was a full line sales rep and i just there was something there that i just i couldn't there was just something there i couldn't scratch like there was like some emptiness no i was having success everywhere i went and um so i was like i need to do something else i need to keep searching i went back and did my mba in 2017 and um yeah yeah it was just an again another like eye-opening journey for me about a year into the program i was in a marketing class and um the, I, this professor was naming all these things about marketing that were just not exciting all the success rates in marketing like you know cold calling knocking on doors print mail like all these like traditional marketing like channels and they're all like single yeah. digit success low double digit and he ends the lecture saying, hey, guys, like after three hours, like literally our classes were three hours at night after working a full day. So my brain is just completely numb. But he said something was just so profound and it was just so amazing and life changing for me. And yet was kind of so obvious. Right. And sometimes in life, like things that are so obvious, you need somebody just to kind of, you know, wake you up. Right. But he said, hey, guys, you know what works better now more than ever is a good old fashioned handwritten note. They have a 99% open rate. They're rare. Nobody's doing it anymore, right? Mailboxes are empty. And there's just something about it that no other form or channel of marketing can match. It's relationship yeah. driven. It's personal. It's powerful. It's impactful. And I just, I, I get chills when I like really thought about it because, you know, when I was getting recruited to play, you know, college football, the coaches that really stood out to me were the ones who sent me a handwritten note. And this was before like Facebook and Instagram. I didn't even have a cell phone call at 16. So the coaches would like en engage you either through a phone call, come visit you at your school or send you a handwritten note or some like garbage print mail. But the ones that sent me a handwritten note, those are the ones that are like, this guy's legit, you know? And it was the same yeah. thing when I was getting recruited, you know, by agents, going, you know, agents who wanted to represent me when I was getting recruited in the NFL, ones who sent me a handwritten note, stuck out. So I just thought it was such a cool idea and um, a classmate of myself and, and I, I guess, um, we just kind of tested it. You know, I was just like, how do I send like hundreds of these? Because I had 400 yeah. clients at the time. So I know it's kind of like a long-winded introduction, but um, I'm just like so passionate about my journey, the process of self-discovery, you know, figuring all this stuff out because, I mean, you know, it's, it's really cool when you kind of, discover your passion and you can make it your yeah. career yeah well hey listen that's what life is about is sort of self-discovery right mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, absolutely 
that's that's how it works. And and you, you, along that path, you decide which doors to walk through and which ones not to walk through. And, yeah. And that's the key. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I have received these uh, uh, letters from someone mm -hmm. trying to sell me something that appear to be handwritten, but they're clearly not. Mm -hmm. Right. So they're they're printed, et cetera. So how is yeah. what you were doing different than that? So, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I answer this question every day. Um, sure. So what Simply Noted has done and it is just so different. There's nothing else like it in the world. Um, when we first started, we were using pen plotters. So actually draw pen plotters. And what's really wrong with those is they're not robust solutions. They're toys, um, you know, they cost a few hundred dollars. And then you just use plugin after plugin, third-party software after third-party software to kind of get them to do what you need them to do. But they're very limited. And where they're very limited is number one in their throughput. So they're not auto-fed. Um, they don't have paper feeds. And then the handwriting engine. The handwriting engine is what is probably more important than anything is how they write. So these third-party softwares, they're, they're restricted. You know, these fonts, as you would call them, but I call them handwriting styles. These fonts only allow a certain amount of characters within a handwriting style. And that, I mean, without really giving away too much of our special sauce here, you know, they're limited, you know, to a few hundred characters. We're completely unlimited. And then we take it even further into like line level manipulation, spacing manipulation, you know, ligatures, kerning, um, and the product that we produce, if you put it side by side, it, it is truly um, indistinguishable from a human's handwriting. Um, because, I mean, we even have algorithms that do font or glyph manipulation. So, like, even if a glyph is a character within a handwriting style, so, like, we literally take, like, your A, your B, and manipulate it and stretch it and reposition it and and turn it so i mean it, it constantly varies nonstop. so um i mean just the development of the software alone we're about ninety thousand dollars just into the handwriting engine that's not the software to control the robot that's not the mechanics of the robot the electrical components of the robot the motherboards of the robot we're about 800 grand 850 grand into developing our own handwriting robot so um, we've obsessed about every tiny you know particular microscopic detail because this is a really tiny net and in order to stand out and really have leverage in this space you really have to have something that's just so different and what's different yeah. is just the quality of the product and the technology behind simply noted yeah so if i signed up for uh let's say let's say i'm a company and i, and I want to do some outgoing correspondence mm -hmm. and mar a marketing campaign and if i mm -hmm. signed up with you take me through how that what that process is like how we get going and, and sort of what happens along the way? It's a great question. So most businesses, I mean, we're mostly so mostly just work with businesses, but we do have like a B2C yeah. component. Um, we do have an e-commerce website that we are in a total revamp right now. Um, you can go on our website and send just one handwritten note to anybody in the world. Set your card or create your card. So your own custom stationery, type in your message or upload your spreadsheet of recipients. And literally check out. I mean, you can send one handwritten note in like two or three minutes, or you can send 20,000 handwritten notes in two minutes. It's literally that easy. Um, the hardest part usually is just getting your mailing, like names and addresses organized in a spreadsheet. But um, really what we're trying to do here is not trying to take away from anybody sitting down and doing it themselves. We highly recommend if you're going to send one or two, 
send it yourself. There's really nothing better than you doing it, but we're just trying to yeah. make it more efficient, you know, for people who don't have the time to do it. Because like for me, when I needed to send 400, when I was a sales rep, it literally took me two weeks. And I mean, it took me and my wife two weeks just to send a handwritten envelope with a printed Christmas card. We sat sure. down and this was before kids. Like now we, I wouldn't even <laughs> try it. Uh, but we right. sat down on a Saturday and Sunday for two consecutive weekends and we both did it. So 200 each and it took us two weekends just to do yeah. an envelope. So we're really trying to help businesses really get in touch on a more personal level. Um, you know, we just live in a digital age, right? The two, year 2000, year 2022, um, it was all about, you know, the digital age going online, apps, push notifications. Now we're entering the AI age, you know, with all this chat learning so we're getting even more removed from tangible personal relationships and sure. we just firmly believe you know what's what's old is new again and businesses are gonna are gonna come back in droves and desperately be looking for ways to connect to their clients because in business what really matters like it's a relationship with your client if you don't have a good relationship there's a competitor out there that they can go and get your your service from so we're really trying to help them solidify those deep bonds with their clients with our product yeah sure so do you do you sort of try to model my handwriting or is there a, a catalog of, of handwriting styles that i can pick from so we have about 900 um and we really don't even show the public that because it comes becomes analysis paralysis yes i really try to like you know one of my favorite restaurants i grew up like in california so in and out with kind of like a treat to us when we go to in and out but they have like three or four things like on their menu so they make it really easy for you to choose sure plus it yeah. makes it really easy for them to be really good at what they do so online we have about 30 handwriting styles i think that's still 10 or three times too many i think we should only offer about 10 but you know, people like more choices, but we're really trying to become really good at providing, you know, good handwriting services, you know, good handwriting technology, you know, integration software um, that all helps them send something, you know, genuine like this. Right, right. So what I send to you is I send you the text of the letter I want. Uh, I pick out my font and I send yep. you an Excel spreadsheet with uh, at names and addresses in it. And yeah, I mean, that's the at the very high level, um, you know, we can create our own handwriting styles. So for like school presidents or political figures, people who have like public appearances, you know, yeah. if their stuff ends up online, it, it really matters to have their own stuff. So it's consistent. But um, yeah, at a high level, you can send one or send thousands, but really we're an API automation first platform. So think of like you know, all the CTOs out there, you know, as chief technology officers, the, you know, CMOs, chief marketing officers, we really try to work with them to set up consistent workflows that, you know, automate this. So it's on time. They're never missing. You know, think about it. Like if you have a new client and you wait six months to say, thank you, like they may already be gone. Right. Right. Too or late. it's an anniversary. It's too, yeah, it's too late. If it's an anniversary for like a nonprofit. Right. So it's one, the biggest problem for nonprofits is donor attrition. You know, I mean, the biggest problem with most businesses is, is client attrition, right? It's just like, you're constantly trying to keep a leaky bucket full. Like how exhausting does that become? Like the companies that can really be successful and scale over time are the ones that have happy, loyal clients who refer their friends that are constantly, you know, reordering. So, 
that's the philosophy behind our business is to help you scale and keep those clients happy, you know, through yeah. the power of relationship building. Yeah. So you guys, you guys will print the letter or print the note. I address the envelope yeah, and, and mail it. Right. So you're sort of full service from that perspective. All I need to give you is the addresses, names and addresses, my, my text and, and this, and the font or style that I want. Yeah, it's, I mean, we really just try to be an extension of our client's business. So whatever type mm -hmm. of project that they need, and um, we could do it here in house. We're completely vertically integrated, you know, from we take orders from online to offline. Everything's done here. You know, we have our own digital printing press. We print our own stationery. We sure. cut and score all our own paper. We do all the writing, quality control, fulfillment, shipping. I mean, everything's done here, but we really just try to be an extension of our client's business. If we're doing our job, which I, you know, I wake up here every day and I, uh, I ferociously try to be the best at what we're doing. Um, nobody will ever know you use the service because it, it's that genuine. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're out, uh, you're out selling this service to, uh, other companies, let's say, you know, B2B, uh, type of transaction, what what sort of things do people push back on? Uh, I mean, it just really depends on who you're talking to. Um, you know, it really, it ultimately comes down to price, like most businesses. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, some people are always just going to haggle and wheel and deal because they just want to get the better deal. Um, I, I believe we're 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 providing a phenomenal service at a phenomenal value. Like. You know, our cards start at two dollars and sixty-seven cents um, U.S. Like you can even go to the the store and buy a greeting card right. for two dollars and sixty-seven cents. Right. So it's it's just I I really I I am sad for where we are in a in a in our culture where it's just like everybody has to get the better deal or one up or you know it's not like it's just weird it's just like um and I don't, I don't know how to explain it uh you know yeah. The right well, way, I, I, like we're just in it. Yeah. yeah, I think one of the challenge for for all entrepreneurs and and people who start businesses is pricing. How do you come up with pricing? You know, how do, how do you do that? And and the person who was on the podcast just before you, uh, you know, he he said he never wants to compete on price. Never. He, he always competes on service and quality oh. and sort of customer response. You know, he's and in like, this is... a significantly different business, <laughs> but he tries to stay away from the, the, the price competition well, because that's a. Well, this is the problem. How you win business is how you'll lose business. Right. So yeah. if you win on price, it's going to be a race to the bottom. And this right. is what I don't like. I, I never haggle our vendors or the people that help us in our business, because if that's what you think you're worth, right? I'm happy to pay it, but make sure that you're giving us every ounce of value that we're paying for. It's the people that constantly haggle, 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 and then they want everything, right? They just want you, like, they. it's the people who give you 500 bucks and they act like they give you 50,000, right? Like, right, right. You know, they, you follow up with them for three months, so you've already lost, you know, probably two or three grand in time. They pay you 500, and now since they give you 500 bucks, you know, now you owe them everything, right? They just follow right. up six times a day. It's, it's just a weird world we live in. Like I try to, the vendors we work with, our engineers, our software developers, um, our writers, our SEO agencies, like I'm worth, just give me all the value. I'll never haggle on price, but I'm just yeah. gonna hold you to a certain standard. You say you're the best, show me you're the best, right? Give me the yeah. best, I'm paying for the best, right? 
And I feel like that's the type of culture we should live in. And I don't know if this is going way off topic, but this is kind of like a little pain point on my side. It's like, tell me what you're worth and, and over-deliver, right? Over-deliver to your client, over-deliver to that customer, make sure they have a great experience and they'll keep coming back. Don't have this um, type of attitude where it's like, you know, I like you owe me or I deserve this or, you know, it's just sure. like, it's just the type of weird world we lived in and we've created it. We have, um, as yeah. in the, our cultures created it. Um, and I don't want to go way off in the left field, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's all right. Yeah. Yeah. So th this sounds like the perfect, uh, sort of opportunity for people who are in high touch sort of sales and other high touch relationship type endeavors, right? Where they, where they need to have that high touch. It needs to be a quality touch. Uh, and this is just seems like a, a, a such a wonderful way of doing it. It really is. I think any relationship driven industry, um, real estate, mortgage, insurance, sure. nonprofit, yeah. political, you know, where there's just so many different options, right? When you're not where you, I mean, there's no such thing as a, a business out there that doesn't have a competitor, but those relationship building, uh, relationship type of like built businesses like you, they pay your paycheck they pay your business like if, if it wasn't for them like you wouldn't have a business so it's what we try to tell everybody is at least say thank you once a year like mm -hmm. say thank you you know and we have the marketing business development roi conversation every day but it's like you know what's going to pay that roi tenfold is making sure that those clients don't turn every single year make sure they're happy, they feel loyal, they'll return or refer people. And that's really what we try to do is just say thank you. Like if you can just get in a world where it's just like, gimme, 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 where you're just reaching out and saying, I appreciate you and thank you. It's gonna be different and people are gonna appreciate it and they're gonna be more loyal. So that's really right. what we try to like hammer down into those relationship right. building type of businesses. Right. So how has scaling been for you from the point of view of scaling yeah. your business, right? Uh, it's been a, a complete challenge. You know, I'm a, an athlete sales and marketing guy, and I started a software robotics and industrial automation company with zero experience, no loans, no debt, no investors We're completely customer funded. So to say this has been easy, uh, I would be lying to you. Um, it has been incredibly challenging, um, you know, scaling robots and software, without millions of dollars is incredibly challenging, but my background as being an athlete, you know, being extremely competitive, having passion, desire, perseverance, strength, and grit um, is just yeah. ingrained into my DNA. Um, I love what I'm doing. I fully believe in what I'm doing. Um, I believe the service that we're providing is solving a massive problem in today's, um, <laughs> in today's society. So um, it's really easy for me to wake up every single day, come to the office, um, because I just truly believe, you know, if we can just positively impact, you know, people's relationships every single day, um, we're making the world a better place. Yeah. And I think that we're doing that with this product. Yeah, super. So if, if there's like a budding entrepreneur listening to this podcast, uh, do you have like a uh, two or three words of advice for someone who's sort of thinking about you know, starting their own business, but hasn't made the leap yet. You know, it's, they're, they're still thinking about entrepreneurship, but they haven't taken the leap. What words of advice might you give them? Well, number one, this is the best career that anybody can ever have. Um, and when I say the best, I mean, 
the most personal development you'll ever have from anything that you'll ever do. Um, when you're a W-2 employee, you know, there's only really one thing that's your problem and that's what you're paid to do. Uh, when you're an entrepreneur, every problem is your problem. Mm. So your, your website, your sales, your marketing, your funding, your bills, your insurance, um, product development, you know, research. I mean, everything, like if you want to build a successful business, it, it's going to force you. I, I, I constantly feel like my brain is just like stretching because I'm just trying to pack so much information into it. But I've packed, and I honestly, like to my soul, believe this, I've packed 50 years of a corporate career into five years of being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, there's just nothing else like it. But if you're thinking about do it, if you're thinking about doing it, um, I just make sure that you, you have a year or two of runway. Um, when I mean runway, like your bills are, you have a budget, you have bills, like you're not going to get in over your head to where you, you know, you're just going to sink because you can't handle the debt or the money. Right. Um, right. But, you know, at some point you got to jump in, you got to rip the bandaid off. That's what we did. Um, we had a very comfortable career. I mean, I was, we were making really good money, really comfortable lifestyle. I mean, lost, I mean, a lot of money, <laughs> an entrepreneur, you know, but I truly, I mean, believed in the self-development that was going to come from it, the problem that we're solving. I was excited about it. Um, and that that's all worth it. You know, um, I didn't want to look back and regret not chasing my passion or my dream. And yeah. um, I, I definitely do not. Yeah, super, super. Hey, so Rick, if people want to learn more about Simply Noted, where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm, I'm on there all day. So it's just Rick Elmore, E-L-M-O-R-E. Um, shoot me a message or just connect with me. I'm pretty active on there. Just go to Simply Noted, um, just how it's spelt, S-I-M as in Mary, P-L-Y, noted.com. And I just highly recommend if you guys are remotely interested in learning about this, just request a free sample kit. Um, we, we do a really good job. If you just go to the homepage, top right corner, it says request a sample. We do a really nice job. We spend about $20 um, in this free sample that we send you just so you guys can learn about it. And that's usually when the light bulb moment goes off. We're like, oh my gosh, this is really cool. It's real. And, they, and that's usually when they give us a call and tell us how they want to use Super. it. And we help them figure it out. Super. I will make sure all that information is in the show notes. My last question, <clears throat> is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share with the uh, listeners? Well, I think it was a pretty straightforward conversation. I think right. it was good. Thank you. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for being on the podcast, Rick. I really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you. Have a good day. Bela, well, that really was an interesting interview and some cool technology. And I kind of love the intersection of digital and physical worlds when they come together and to kind of create a cool new business model. And on the kind of underlying foundational element, Rick's personal story was really interesting. So what were your, your key takeaways from the conversation, Bela? Yeah, you know, I found it interesting. I was trying to remember when the last time I either wrote a handwritten note or I received a handwritten note. And there, there was a, there, one of the investors in High Peaks, uh, one of the people who was an individual, uh, an angel investor, I'd call him, put in a fair amount of money into High Peaks. He was an older gentleman. And he used to write these handwritten notes and they were almost poetry. I mean, they were, they were, and I remember I, I cherish them when I'd get them because, you know, not only was he really smart and wise and he always had wonderful things to say. So each word had meaning, but they were handwritten and, 
and it was just so unusual. And, and that was probably seven, eight years ago. The last time I got one of those, he passed away and stuff. And, you know, the only time I handwrite anything is like into birthday cards to Elaine, <laughs> right. Oh, or a Valentine's day card or, you know, some, some special thing that we do. That's it. I just, we just don't do it. And, and I, it's unfortunate because I think that that does have meaning and it does have significance. And I think about, uh, I think, I think about in the old days, that's the way all communication was done. It was all handwritten and, and we've really sort of migrated away from that. So I think he's filling a, a pretty interesting marketing need. Yeah. Bela, I need to order you one of these. Go get yourself an old school fountain pen and get go to your local museum or organization like and get a nice pack of note cards, right? And just write a couple notes to people. I love this I, idea that this I'll do the same. We'll get this going. Or postcards, right? But use your fountain pen and use your penmanship. You know, my handwriting is horrible, um, but I love my fountain pens. Um, I have, Mike, I have two or three fountain pens fire them up. uh and and uh you know i have the ink the ones that take the ink cartridges the little refills mm -hmm. yeah uh, so I, I should tell you a funny story when, when i worked at ibm uh i was uh you know for a while i was the the chief of staff to the president of the research division and one of the things that we did his his administrative assistant and i would sit down with him every day and we'd kind of go through mail all the mail that he's got. And he'd either say, here, Bela, you take care of this. Or here, Barbara, you take care of this. And then there was a whole stack that he wanted to take care of. And he was great at dictation. So he was just a master. So he would dictate things. And Barbara was good at shorthand. And he just, on the spot, he'd dictate a, you know, a really eloquent letter back. Barbara would type it up. And then she'd bring it in to sign it. And he signed things with a fountain pen. Love it. And he had, she had a special book for him, a, a blotter book or whatever it's called, so that when yep. you sign it before the ink dries, it doesn't smudge. Yep. You know, so he would, he, he, and he insisted on signing things with the fountain pen. And I would say that 30% of the letters he signed had to be redone because they got smudged or the wow. fountain pen hiccuped or whatever. <laughs> so, so there was a high failure rate, but uh, I understand. And, and, that spurred me, believe it or not, to get a fountain pen. And I, I used one for a while and I've sort of migrated away from it. But anyway, back, back to Rick Elmore and his business. So yeah, I think there, I think I think there's a market opportunity here. Uh, I don't know how big the market is. Right. Because it's it's. It's just like there's a certain gener there's the generation that's growing up. Doesn't know about I mean, they don't even teach teach script mm -hmm. in cursive. schools anymore yeah. cursive excuse me yeah they don't even teach cursive and and both of my sons write right in block letters and and so i just think it's it's gonna it's gonna be interesting right there's certainly a market need for this for certain individuals and and it's it's a nice touch i just don't know how big the 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 market is uh and i think the other challenging thing here is is i think i said in, in my conversation with him i've received many pieces of mail, promotional materials that make it look, they want to make it look like it's handwritten, but it's not even on the envelope. It'll look, they, you know, it makes it look like my name is, and it's clearly not. So I think his product has to be good because it represents the sender. 
I'm not going to use it unless it's really, really good. Uh, so I, I think, I think this, it's sort of neat novel. You know, is it going to be a huge $300 million a year business? I don't know. But can it be probably a very nice five to 10 to $20 million business? Probably. Uh, and I think some cultures probably value this more than others. And it, and it may be important to kind of, you know, figure out which cultures they are and, and focus some of your efforts there. But anyway, I thought it was kind of neat. What did you think, Mike? Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. And I'm just, I was, you know, you're telling me about cartridges and I said, oh, I need to put a new cartridge in my, in my, one of my other, my fountain pens that takes cartridge. This one, you dip into the ink and you have, has a little reservoir. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And certain people, right. It'd be really cool if you knew, okay, these people are going to appreciate a note and you could discern, but yeah, you know, on one hand, I hate the lack of genuineness, like you said, right. That, okay. I'm look at making this look like something that it isn't. But on the other hand, I think this is a whole new space for connecting people with a kind of an old school way that meets new school technology. And I looked on their website and it looks really good. Um, you know, it looks like it is super high quality and that it's, yeah, it's not yeah. one of these cheesy things at all. Yes. Um, but, you know, I also think that he, the, the energy and the thought that he's put into developing his business model is really cool. Um, and I think that this, this, you know, the fact that it's not a genuine handwritten note, I, I'm not so worried about that. I think it's the idea that I'm connecting with you in a way that has more meaning and, and that's, what's cool. And, you know, if you think about open AI and, and Google Bard and these, these, uh, AI driven chatbots, if all of a sudden now, um, you can have all the information about your client, right. From like, a uh, you know, a customer, uh, a CMS, a customer uh, or CRM system, customer relationship management system. And, and it can churn out these notes that are personal and thoughtful on a reasonable basis uh, that isn't super expensive. And, you know, it's a birthday or it's a thank you for a purchase or something like that. And getting a short note in the mail, hey, it might even help save the U.S. Postal Service, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so I, I think it's kind of cool. Um, it's dangerous and it's risky in a lot of ways, um, but there's ways to do it. I think I'd be transparent and open about it too. But, you know, general takeaways, I do like the idea of keeping customers connected quickly with one of these notes. I like the idea of getting your employees to connect with people um, in, in, a, in a meaningful way. Um, you know, and maybe even there's a hybrid model at some point where the um, the the robot right and the ai write the letter you give it the inputs it writes the letter and you take your old-fashioned fountain pen like your boss right and sign the letter yourself so that there is an element of it something like that might be cool um, yeah so that's my my sense um yeah from your kind of vc perspective would you recommend a tool like this to entrepreneurs let's say you're starting a business and you want to connect with with your you know your your uh your investors and your right, your board and your early customers and right and kind of put these these handwritten notes out there. What do you think? Good tool or risky? So, again, I don't know if this is generational or not, <coughs> but I can remember interacting with people in the past who who were trying to sell me something, right? Either mm -hmm. sell me to invest in a business or sell me a car or whatever, and from from those from some of them a very small set and now it's like zero but i can think back 10 years ago it wasn't zero i would get a handwritten note back to say hey you know thank you for this and it and it 
all I can say is it went it went into the plus column, right? If I think about a column, two columns when when I interact with somebody, you know, there's the minus column and the plus column. You know, did, did I did, did I like it? Do I like the product? Do I like the service? Do I like the individual? How did we connect? Blah blah. It goes into the plus column. So I don't think there's a downside. Is my point. And and if this is a way to make it easier, then why not do it? I, I and, and I think the other thing, as as we're talking here, it got me to thinking. It might actually spur me to use this with some folks, but with some really special folks, it'll spur me to write it actually with the fountain pen. <laughs> right? It's sort of it's it's moving in the right direction. It's it's moving. It. it as as you said earlier, everything has been going the other way from, you know, to emojis. All we communicate now is emojis. And I'm trying to, I can't interpret these freaking emojis. I don't know what they mean. You know, I don't even think it's the right name. They should be emotes, not emojis. It's emoticon. People aren't even calling them the right thing. And, <laughs> well, you know, you just when you learn some of them, they add more. It's right. horrible for older people like us. This is a complete nightmare. And I don't know when people send me these things, what the heck they mean, you know? Then I get right. when they look a little bit naughty. I don't know how to respond to those, <laughs> right? Really, words are fine. Yes, yes. Sorry, so I, my point is this is, this is, this is going in the, in the pendulum is maybe starting to swing back and, and maybe this is one of the, the things that'll help move that pendulum back towards the point of enriching our communication and, and not trying to just tear it down and simplify it. Um, and, and making it so superficial that it's meaningless, right? A lot, a lot of the communication I receive now is meaningless. Uh, and I, and I think communication should have meaning. That's the whole point is that it should have meaning. So I think this is a move in the right direction. Um, and, and I, like I said, when I get a handwritten note, it impresses me. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's memorable. Goes in the, goes in the plus column. Cool. Yeah, yeah I, I like this. I think, you know, and, and Rick really looks at it as a sales tool and really looks at delighting and trying to delight customers. Right. And I and I think that's cool, you know. Right. Um I, he used this metaphor of filling a leaking bucket, which I really liked, right? That you're keep, you you want to kind of keep that water level high and anything you can do makes a ton of sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole foundation for starting this was on the sales side, right? Because yep. he, he was spending lots and lots of time writing letters. Yep. <laughs> or yep. And notes. we have technology that can do it. So, yeah. all right. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll write you a, I'll write you a handwritten note with my fountain <laughs> pen at some point and mail it to you. It'll be a surprise. Very nice. But what do you think? Should we wrap this one up? Sounds good, Mike. Yeah, thanks for another great interview. And listeners, thanks for joining us today. We hope that you found this episode interesting and thought-provoking. Uh, if you have questions about what we've discussed, please get in touch with us. You can send us an email at bela.and.mike at gmail.com. Or, you know, if you want our address to send us a handwritten note, uh, you can send us an email too, and we'll send you our address. I'm not going to lay it right out here on the, uh, on the podcast. But, uh, you know, definitely email is great. Um, use emojis as you wish, right? But, you know, a handwritten note is fine too. Or you could handwrite the note, scan it or take a picture of it and email it to us, right? There you go. Yeah. Hey, and, uh, you know, if you, if you don't follow the podcast, uh, hit that follow button on your favorite podcasting application. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. And so until next time, signing off from upstate New York. Hey, see you soon, Mike. Signing off, Bela. I like that. That was good. <laughs> All right. From over here in Münster, Germany, we'll see everybody next time.